This episode is sponsored by DrawYouAPicture.com, where you can get me, your host, to draw you a picture for pretty darn cheap. See what I've done for others. See what I can do for you at DrawYouAPicture.com. Also with support from Bluehost Hosting, where $4.95 per month gets you unlimited space, transfer, and domains. Visit MovieBeatdown.com slash Bluehost today. Ow, my boobs! Hey folks, welcome to the show. This is Movie Beatdown, where we're discovering movies with Blake Snyder's book, Save the Cat. It's episode 5, brought to you the week of October 9th, 2014. I'm your host, my name is James Kennison. With me is John Steinklobber. Hey! And Pauly Godbout. That's me. And Christian Sudrath. Hey guys. Hey, uh, hey. welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks. Today, welcome we're, to uh, today we're beating down uh, Paranorman. Paranorman. And I always want to call him that. Like like that's his name. His name is Norman, but I, I always want to say Paranorman. Like a paratrooper. Or, right. or if he if he had a twin. Or a paraplegic. Hmm. Paranormans. Right. Oh, gotcha there too. Uh this movie, according to IMDB, is about a misunderstood boy uh, who takes on ghosts, zombies, and grown ups to save his town. From a centuries-old curse. It was directed by Chris Butler, who also is known for Corpse Bride and Coraline. Uh, and Sam Fell, uh, of Flushed Away and uh, Tale of Despero. And uh, this is not from a book. I, I kind of thought it would be, you know, like, uh, like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs or some such. But uh, this hmm. was written, uh, original screenplay by Chris Butler, um, who directed it, Corpse Bride. Coraline. So, and if you think Paranorman is a dark film for kids, you haven't <laughs> seen Coraline yet. <laughs> That's uh, what I heard. So yeah, real quick, just because it is a kid film, because it is our first, uh, um, you know, delve into that genre. Really, that, that that whole world. I just want to put a disclaimer out that um, I have a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. And neither one of those kids is allowed to see this movie. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I my my ten, almost ten year old and five year old won't be watching it anytime soon. So yeah. my kid is only 15 months old and uh, has the memory of a goldfish at this point. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't really filter any of that stuff. So I'm just curious why you guys made that decision. Well, there's a lot. <laughs> All right, you know how a good Pixar film has, or Disney for that matter, has jokes that the grownups get. You know, but the kids yeah. don't. But generally, those jokes I would still consider them to be clean, family friendly, and non, you know, questionable. But a lot of the jokes in this movie simply seem to be revolved around sex. Quite simply, right. um, and and we're talking. Uh, one, the one that comes to mind is that when he's when he's stopping the movie. On the the butts in the in oh, the yeah. you know okay yeah 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 just it's little, little things um, and it's stuff that in my opinion though it's not necessary it, it is funny and it is a slice of life type stuff they didn't invent anything that kids do they they went with what kids do but it's older kids I'm talking mm-hmm. middle mid middle school I would say and um, but it's things that 
I think the, the age group that it was actually aimed at, it would give them ideas that they normally wouldn't have of, gotcha. uh, on their own. And that's mm. kind of what I always judge it by. Um, the movie's spooky. That doesn't bother me. It's about zombies and stuff. Ghosts, witches, doesn't bother me. Yeah, um, that's why I wouldn't let my kids watch it, okay. mostly. See, and, and that's fine. Uh, for me, my, my my son would probably get a little spooked out. Jenna doesn't phase her. She loves that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. my wife made the comment as we were watching it, and she was just kind of like, you know, this is weird because I'm an adult, and I'm watching this, and I'm thinking – this is like a little. This is a little uh, out there for a normal kids movie. I wonder if kids actually like this movie or uh, if they actually watch it or whatever. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, I'm an adult too, so I don't. I don't really judging. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> judging by the numbers, it did. It was profitable, but it was not wildly profitable. Um, it was not massively successful. It was critically acclaimed. Um, but even a lot of the, the reviews I read by, you know, what you'd consider people without kids, people that just look at movies optimistically like that. Um, they even said that it was an old, for older children. Um, yeah. and I would call that not even upper elementary. Mm. I would say middle school is a, is an older kid. Yeah. Um, it just, it just smacked a little bit of, uh, even though the kids in the movie weren't middle schoolers, in my opinion, actually they were, I guess they had lockers and stuff, but they, they seemed like they were eight. Everybody was eight, you know, Norman mm-hmm. was 11. Okay. Well, oh, okay. There you go. Shows how much I know. But when you see stop motion animation, uh, you, you, like flushed away or any of that stuff, you kind of think kids. Yeah. So. Anyway, um, so now that we got that out of the way, uh, now we can now we can get on with the movie. Oh, one more thing. Beat this movie, damn. One more thing before we move on. It's very important. I didn't want to get through the whole thing without saying it. Uh, Norman's mom looks like she got ran over by a train. <laughs> <laughs> she had the weirdest face I ever saw. Somebody dropped like- her uh, her claymation figure, and they were like, "Ah, whatever. Nobody's going to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, let's just leave it." Oh, and yeah. uh, the the real thing I did want to bring up, and and you mentioned it, uh, it is stop motion, but it is not claymation. This film actually is the first movie ever to use three D color printed faces, and that's why you got so much color and perfection and the the close ups and the light coming through his ears. You know when he's backlit. It was oh, yeah, yeah. that that stuff I absolutely love. Love, 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 love. Um, yeah. you didn't see fingerprints dancing all over his face, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. They usually avoid extreme close-ups. This one, they ate it up, you know. Uh but it, the animation was absolutely amazing. Oh um, yeah. John Goodman thought- playing the uncle, awesome. His nasty dry tongue. The whole thing. <laughs> so. I thought the lighting in it was exceptional. Mm-hmm. It was just the depth was far better than I've seen in a lot of stop motion. So, well, and I love, I'm, I'm really impressed when I see, and I know we don't talk about this stuff much, but I, I love stop motion in that, uh, when, when I see fast stuff, like, uh, mm. like the van scene coming down the hill, you know, with all this action going on and stuff whipping by, you're just like, there is so much that they're having to do every frame, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think of Wallace and Gromit in the wrong trousers when when they're on the uh, a railroad track in the living room and he's running out of track. So he picks up track and he starts laying it down in front <laughs> super fast and weaving through. If you haven't seen the wrong trousers, I'm sure it's online somewhere. Um, it's by Ardman Entertainment. It's great. 
stop motion. I'm a big stop motion fan, and this is good stuff. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting into the story. So yeah. let's do that. Obviously, our uh, genre comes first, and um, I think it's dude with a problem. What do you think? I agree. Are I you serious? Agreedo as well. Oh, uh, no way. Christian, what did you think? I've, I've got out of the bottle. Well, I no. would have said out of the bottle if he had acquired that power from his uncle, but he had it in advance. So it was normal yeah. for him. Uh, the, the reason I put it that way is because, uh, I mean, without the catalyst, like the whole story doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like if he couldn't talk to ghosts, then like this movie would be called mm. like para whoever does have the power. Um, <laughs> so that's what, that's what made it for me is that, like the whole premise of the movie was that he could talk to ghosts or dead people. Right. Um, yeah, but with, that starts before the movie actually begins. Yeah. There's no, it's not like in the movie Big where he's like, I wish I were big or I wish I could see dead people. Right. And, the whole you know. genre coming out of the bottle just by default means mm-hmm. something comes up. Like I said, if he had been blessed with it by his uncle along with the job, which was the catalyst, um, then yes, you would be right. But um, that usually I would guess, and I'm no, I'm no professional, I would say that in a out of the bottle, the catalyst would be the power or the special thing. Right, right. Yeah. But so there needs to it needs to have started like there needs to be like a prequel, and then I'll be right. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was apparently, born. Apparently he was born with it. Years ago, it would have the start. He was born with well, it. Well, and and here's my thing is I I land, I'm I'm like. 451 or 50.0001 dude with a problem. Um, but my initial reaction was monster in the house. Mm. Um, because it is kind of a scary, you know, it is a scary movie. Um, there, you know, they, they are contained to the town. There is a monster. It only affects that place. Um, I was kind of going well, but at, at any time, you know, they could leave. I mean, granted, you know, there are some monster in the house movies that, you know, they fail because they don't follow all the rules like right. deep blue sea and some other movies like that. Um, you know, so so I, I still kind of I was hoping that one of you guys was going to say that so that I could be like, OK, maybe <laughs> I was more on it with that. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I still that was my initial reaction. I still think that's right. But for whatever reason, I'm kind of leaning towards due to the problem. But, you know, maybe because they uh, the kid, they are kids and they don't have the ability to really leave. You know, maybe that's what. Uh, you know, could make it a monster in the house. Um, you know, there's only one guy with a car that could leave. Um, I don't know. Like, I, so I, I just kind of was like, okay, so either it's monster in the house done poorly, or it's monster in the house, and I just don't fully understand. Well, here, here's the definitions my. Of that. I just had this idea. I think the confusion is coming in because it is a dude with a problem, but it flirts with and plays with a lot of the stuff that is in a monster in the house movie. Yeah, the whole zombie concept, the 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 mob. I love how they made them into the zombies, pushing their hands mm-hmm. through the walls and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it, it plays with a lot of those things from the very beginning. We find that he's involved, uh, you know, loves zombie films and stuff like that. Monster in the house, monster in the house, all over the place. Yeah. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah, I don't. Like I said, I'm 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 up in the air with uh, with those two, but I, I am pretty confident that it's Ethan not would know. Bottom, but yeah. Yeah. WWED. <laughs> WWES. What would Ethan say? Um, our protagonist is Paranorman. See, I wrote it in the notes even that way. Uh, and it's Norman. <laughs> He's 11, as I know now. And he had a 3D printed face. Uh, this is one of the areas I, I said before the show. 
some of the stuff came very easily to me that usually is pretty difficult. Um, one of the things I, I couldn't say that slapped me in the face easily this time was his flaw. So I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts, and then I'll share mine. I, uh, I thought that was easy. Yeah, that one. Go ahead, Christian. Uh, I um, I put that he was apathetic, and but uh, sort of for good reason. I'm excited to hear how I'm wrong. Um, but it seemed like there was a lot of crap that happened to him, and he, from the beginning of the movie, just sort of was like, yep, you don't believe me, or like, yep, I'm getting bullied, or like, no, I don't want to throw the stick. And I think he had just got, he was just so over Mm-hmm. Uh, like no one listening to him, no one believing him, that he had grown apathetic. And I think what really solidified that for me was the end of the movie. And we'll get to that, but like how, how different things were for him or how different he was by the end of the movie. Okay, John? I, well, I like Christian's answer better, but mine was is that he's a loner. Mm-hmm. And it, again, that's probably, you know, the result of his environment or whatever. But uh, I think it was a choice that he made. And, you know, he didn't have to go around talking to dead people. He didn't have to show everybody that he... He knew that dead people were in existence, but he chose to do that. So hmm. uh, he kind of isolated himself, so to speak. Gotcha. Uh, Paul? Yeah, I I kind of struggle with this one because I don't feel like, you know, this is one of those movies where the, the protagonist doesn't really change all that much. It's more the people around him that change, which, you know, which is another valid way of telling the story, um, you know, but for me, if I, you know, the only one that I could really pinpoint was, um, he, he doesn't believe people can change. So like what Christian and John were saying, like he is kind of apathetic. He's just kind of resolved that no one's going to believe me and I'm, I'm going to quit trying. And, and he leaves it at that. So if, if I had to pick a flaw, I would say, you know, he, he, he doesn't trust people. I agree with all of you. Um, I didn't see that he had a flaw. I, I wrote down, um, what was mentioned at the very end. Um, cause usually I'm finding the flaw is, is tied to the theme. Um, and it is one of the things that is, that is usually fixed and, uh, no one ever listens. No one understands. That's what he said mm-hmm. at, the, at the end. Mm-hmm. This movie seemed to have a lot of sub themes about talking and listening and fear yeah. and things like that. We'll get into that in a minute. But uh, yeah, so I mean, again, I, I I don't know if this is what you're saying, and maybe I cut you off, and I apologize sorry. if I didn't let you finish. But it's just my you know, I, well, that's true. So uh, <laughs> except last week, apparently, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, like I said, I still feel like I'm I'm kind of forcing a flaw almost because um, I don't think you. I mean, he as far as the story arc goes, he doesn't really have much of a flaw in in my opinion from from the from the arc standpoint. Right. Well, and, and again, I'm, I'm broadening, I guess, the, the way that, that term flaw, the definition, to include what you said, uh, that it is whatever other people um, see him as. I just think of that scene where he's walking down the road to, the, to, the, uh, to his school. He's late for school. Um, he's talking to all these dead people, um, being accepted and all that. But, but everybody else, nobody's talking to him. Nobody's listening. No one understands. He's weird. And uh, that ties into what what John said, what Christian said, and what you said. Um, I think his flaw is everyone else. So, <laughs> uh, antagonist. Um, I, I I put the witch. It's the witch. Um, but but there there are more, obviously. Um, but with every movie, there's one main one, and I chose her. Any any other thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you there. I yeah. also think the townspeople are yeah. the other. Antagonists. Yeah, they, they're the henchmen. I would say, you know, yeah. sure. Or, or, I, I I'm comparing it to Die Hard. You know, you you, <laughs> you defeat people in a certain order in, during the finale, 
And, you know, even the bully kid was a bad guy. He becomes part of the B story, though, you know, later on. Um, but everybody's defeated in a certain order, and the townspeople are defeated before uh, Mag. Is it Maggie? Is that her name? Agatha. 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 Yeah. Okay, that's a good witch name. Yeah. yeah. See, and, that, and that's a good point, James, because I, 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 uh, I, I hadn't thought about it that way as far as you know classifying them. And yeah, you are right as far as the way that they're brought down. So yeah, I definitely would have to side with you on that. That yeah, they would be more considered the henchmen versus uh, her being the the main antagonist. So. And the and the zombies were originally in that zone, I would say, but the movie flipped the script on us, and all, and it was right during that moment, right after the zombies see. American, you know, the slice of life of America here, the 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 mm. graffiti and the carousing and the carousing, I'm sorry, and the and the overeating and all this and they're offended by it and then the crowd goes off on the zombies and boom, just like that. I don't know if they have a name for that, but I called it flip the script. And so that's, yeah, it's uh, not something that Blake Snyder addresses directly, but in pretty much you know any other, there's a really good book called Twenty Two Steps to Becoming a Master Storyteller, and and he the I can John Truby I think is the the author, um, and he he talks about how you know you've got the 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 um, friend disguised as foe and foe disguised as friend, uh, and yeah, they they play those roles. So yeah, you're 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 right on. I like your. Uh, Flip the switch or flip the script. Flip uh, the script. Tag. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, so opening image, um, pretty obvious. But uh, I, I said that it. Um, he's just watching a horror movie, talking mm-hmm. talking with grandma. We don't know she's dead uh, originally, but I I count that whole opener. Um, obviously, it's set up, but uh, just all the way through till we find out that that he's talking to a dead grandma, kind of as the opening image. Um, but, uh, you know, we see the balance of that at the end, but so when we balance it at the end, I have to say that, um, what we see is grandma and him and a television. And it's that thing, like Christian said, he's, he's got nobody around him that understands him. Um, his flaw, the only one that does is a dead lady and she's cold. Yeah, I I think, uh, yeah, with with, along with that, James, just to kind of add a little bit more to it, you know, uh, as far as far as what the opening image conveys, it's that Norman sees what others don't, um, which is kind of the subtext that runs throughout the movie. Uh, He sees people for what they are, you know, in in his grandma's case, she's a ghost uh, and he sees people for what they are and he accepts them even when others don't accept them. Mm -hmm. And he only likes zombies because he's very, very, very clear and it shows us in the movie that he's watching that it's fake. It's all fake. He loves the mm-hmm. fakeness. And later on, and his room's full of zombies, full of imagery that would terrify most children. Uh, later on, of course, when he finds out they're real, he, he hates it. He hates the whole, he hates the whole room. It, yeah. And I, I think that, you know, part of that too is that it's, you know, uh, that's his way of, of relating. Um, maybe that's not a good way to put it. So he, he he has you know this ability to see dead people to you know and all that kind of stuff and so he's he gravitates towards you know his escape or his fantasy or whatever he's into is the closest thing to his reality. I mean, it's kind of right. like whenever it's, it's, you know really it's smart kids dead people gravitate with skin towards, on is basically yeah it. it's yeah there you go the That's closest a, a thing to, to a living being he could get. And it still be someone he could talk to, and that that's part of the story arc. There is is we got a ghost, a dead girl, we got these zombies, and he's the only one that can you know make that connection. 
which I didn't yeah. get the first three times I watched it, to be honest. I thought everybody could talk to the thing <laughs> until <laughs> until that wonderful slow chase scene at the end uh, where dad's driving and, and the, the oh, judge yeah. is sitting next <laughs> to the sister. Dad, he's talking about me. And she doesn't know what he's saying. He's driving her crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did think that they waited too long to establish that, so I'll, I'll, I I don't think it's a big deal. There's a few things they missed like that. Um, yeah, there the, there's a few. I think they waited too long for the theme, the theme stated, for instance. Um, but anyway, any other thoughts about the opening image there? The dark uh, living room. I, I I'd written that it was dark, but it was dark at the end. They were you know they're, where they're all together and they're all doing the same basic thing. Um, I don't know. Any I thoughts? Have no input. Okay. Yeah. So I have one more thing. Um, you know, so James, you, you mentioned that you think they waited too long to establish the theme. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with you, but I also think that this is another one of those things with this movie. Um, first of all, I'll just kind of come out and say this. I really like this movie. Yeah. I did the first time that I watched it, but um, I did feel like even the very first time I watched it, it, it is a little uh, blatant in its preachiness. Yes, it is. Um, and that's something that, you know, a lot of storytellers and, and, and story uh, craft books or whatever say, you know, you got to be careful with that. Like, tell the story. It's called moralizing, and, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think that they kind of, they went a little too far with a number of things. And I think that they kind of blurred some lines and, and they, they kind of confused some stuff, in my opinion. Um, and so that being said, I feel like they tried to almost establish, um, like, to me, there's one overall theme that uh, you kind of pick up on. But as far as themes stated, I feel like they tried to say a couple different things. Yes, they, they, I do. had three. Yeah, yeah. So, so in the opening image, Grandma, you know, is watching, you know, t- television with him and asking him what's what's happening, and he explains <laughs> it, and then she says, "I'm sure if they just bothered to sit down and talk it through, yeah. it'd be a different story." The most contrived, shoved-in theme, you know, not even the theme of the movie, but a theme, yeah, that you've I've ever heard. It yeah, because no I mean, because at the end, I mean, that is what ultimately happens. As far as you know, Norman, you know, he he says, you know, I'm going to do what nobody else has ever done right. and talk to her. Talk to and her. so, so it, that does come back around. And so it's like, oh, cool. Well, there's there's the theme. You know, the first time as I was watching it again, you know, for for this show, I was like, oh, okay, boom, it's right up there, right up front. But then there's a few other times where some things are said just as poignantly. Well, let's like, jump into oh, okay. it. Let's but. jump into it. Um, you're right. Absolutely. Right Right there off the side. Her second sentence is, oh, it's a shame they couldn't just sit down. It's going to spoil her dinner, you know? And it, so it tries to be a cute old lady saying, and it tries to be big and whatever. But later on, she does have another moment where she's flying through the air, talking about why she's not in paradise. Um, and she says the thing about, some, um, but, 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 Sorry. I'd always look after you. No, no. She says, um, oh, it's, o- it's okay to be afraid. Just don't let it change who you are. And mm-hmm. that became the thing. That's the main theme. And the reason why I say that is because that's the thing that he quoted to Agatha at the end is you were afraid and you let it change who you were, um, which doesn't really address the whole vengeance thing. Um, they mm. did address it, but that didn't address it. 
Uh, but we'll get into that in a minute. So there's three main themes. I'll go ahead and just say them. There's the talking and listening theme that we talked about. And she says that right at the beginning. I'm sure if they just sat down and talked to it, it'd be a different story. Uh, reacting in fear is something that mom talks about when dad finally gets out of the car after the yeah. play. And then she says, sometimes people say mean things because they're afraid. That and that it's okay to be afraid. Don't let it change who you are were the two things that he mentions at the very end during the the big confrontation with Agatha. Um, so I just think he had a very, you know, the, the writer here um, uh, had a had a very clear idea of what he wanted to do. He wanted to get a point across about judging people and he forced it in, like shoehorned it in, whether it fit or not. And he ended up trying to say too much. And I know what that's like because I wrote a book and I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I didn't um, – when I was trying to put the theme together, I didn't – I mean I noticed there's a lot going on, but I didn't think of it in that way that it was sort of a fault. And I ended up with this like crazy long theme sentence that I thought was like, oh, they're going to tear this apart. But I had like, don't be afraid of – or don't bully people because you're afraid of how they're different or something. Like there was just so much going on. Like, yeah, that was should- another theme. You're right. That was there. It was because it was this whole thing about bullies and the little boy said it, you know, if you were dumber and bigger, you'd, you'd probably be a bully too. It's called the survival of the thickest, which was really cute and funny and and poignant, but did it belong in a movie about mob mentality and fear? Right. And at the very end, he says, you're a bully, you're, you know, you're a big bully, Agatha or whatever. And I was like, ah, where'd, where'd that come from? Like, yeah. Yeah. And and they tried to say too much in two different, too many different ways. Pick a way to say it. Pick a, pick a theme. and right before you know, he says the whole survival of the thickest thing. Uh, like James pointed out, he also says, um, you know, they always act like. Or he's talking. He's referencing the bullies. You know, you shouldn't let them get you down. They always act like that. You can't stop bullying. It's a part of human nature. And so, to me, the overall theme of the movie is is you know, I think Christian, I think you're as spot on as possible because it is so convoluted and they are trying to tuck too many things in there. It is a movie about bullying and, and mm. I'll, I'll, I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to say something and hopefully we don't get hate mail <laughs> or anything like that. But, um, you know, from the very first time that I saw this movie, um, to me, yes, it is about bullying and it's about people who are different, but I, this movie also came out right around the time where um, there was the unfortunate incident where the homosexual kid committed suicide and he said he blamed it on bullying and all this different kind of stuff. So there was a lot of stuff going on with that. And so at the end of the movie, you have it revealed that the older brother, Mitch, you know, says that he's gay, you know, your my boyfriend would like, you know, this, or he likes chick flick movies, all that kind of stuff, you know, whatever. And so to me, when you talk about moralizing, um, you know, you always hear people talk about modern day witch hunt and this and that. And so there's a lot of that kind of language. And we're, as we go through this, there's a lot of stuff that is almost, you know, the stereotypical kinds of conversations when people are dealing with, you know, kids coming out or, you know, whatever that kind of thing. So for me, um, you know, like I said, there's, there's all these different things. And I think all of us are right because there are so many different themes that they're trying to push in there. But if I had to say why they wrote this movie and what he was ultimately getting at was he's trying to tell a story of basically, or he, he's disguising instead of just coming straight out and talking about the issue of homosexuality, he's, you know, he brings witches in because that's something, you know, a dark part of, you know, history and something that people have moved past. But people today are still treated 
almost in that same way. And again, as we go through this, there's a number of different things that come up that that kind of parallel um, the different ways that people deal with that kind of stuff. And so to me, like that was kind of that moment at the end where I went, okay, like, okay, cool, you know, that you wanted to do that. However, you've kind of, you've pushed it to that point where it's like you're making it pretty obvious that mm-hmm. you are moralizing. So to me, one of the reasons why it may not have been such a box office hit is because they did, they didn't let the, they didn't let the story carry it. They were trying to let the moral carry it, right. which right. is what you're not supposed to do. Um, and so anyway, so I, I did some reading on this and, and there was an interview and, and they, they asked him cause it's even on the Wikipedia page. It's a separate thing about this gay character coming out. And, um, there were, there were responses all over the map. People, uh, saying, well, well you know, parents are learning now that they're probably going to have to have a conversation on the way home that they may not want to have yet with their kids because of this movie. So there was that, um, secondly, uh, there were people praising it because it was putting that wedging that into a kid's movie. And then, uh, there was his response and they asked him what, what was the deal there? And he simply said, I just got through, um, telling these folks about not responding in fear and about accepting people, um, and talking things through. And I couldn't do it without making people face it you know, the, 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 the thing we're dealing with right now head on is basically yeah. what he That's said. That's interesting. So I don't know that he was, that he, he may not have started out with that intention. I can't, I can't judge his intentionality and what his point was with the movie, but I can say that, that, that he definitely wanted to, you know, I don't know, like for instance, if I were to tell the story of the prodigal, not the prodigal son, the good Samaritan, just to to make it modern and to make it stick the way it did then when Christ told it, I would have to make the Samaritan a gay individual. So hmm. I don't blame him. I feel like I feel like he made the movie and and like presented it. And obviously, I have no no idea how these things work, and I wasn't there. But I feel like someone told him like it's good, but it needs like give it more of a moral. Like there's got to be more of a lesson in there. I feel I feel like mm-hmm. I don't think anyone could have told a story that convoluted i mean well of course someone could have but this is for screenwriting i mean (laughs) he'd always made things based off books and um and they've always been dark and and well done Mm -hmm. um it was his first uh, original screenplay it just felt like a lot of the morals was kind of an afterthought and he has his own production company he he it's a lucas if you ask me uh he got to do whatever he wanted and uh, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I don't want to linger on this too long because obviously we got to get through the whole movie and we're not here to necessarily discuss because I, I hate well, the, the reason why, why we're I, having to linger, though, is because there's so much theme. Well, yeah, the but thing. I'm saying on, on this one it was point, poorly though, done. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying like on this one, this one point, uh, I'm done with it. Okay, well, I'm just I'll, I'm going to say one last quick thing, and, and so you know, because Christian, I, I do disagree as far as I don't think that the moral stuff was the afterthought. Like, I really do feel like from from a storyteller's perspective that that's the main thrust of this movie is he's trying to get these different morals across. So uh, there's there's that scene where they where they're driving home from the school in the car, and some of that language that I was talking about that kind of you know, well, I'll just, I'll just kind of I, I 
type some of it out. You know, uh, the dad says it's one thing to be like this uh, in front of your own family, but not for the whole freaking town. There's not going to be any more of this. And then Norman says, I didn't ask to be born this way. And the dad says, funny, neither did we. And then it goes into mom's whole thing about, you know, sometimes people say mean things, um, you know, and all that stuff. And so, so there's that whole scene, like it's really well done. And it's very, it's almost, even though it's kind of sad, it's, it's done in almost a playful way because the dad is like so over the top with it all. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like that is a, you know, a, that's a, to, to me, again, just the way that it's laid out and how much time is spent on it. I feel like that was something that the writer, you know, wanted to make sure that point came across to see that, hey, this, you know, there, he's talking about seeing dead people, but that, that discussion, you know, is the same kind of language that, uh, is often, um, comes up and, and the way people talk about, you know, right, uh, you know, right. being gay and all that kind right, of stuff. So. Right. Um, yeah. And, and to belabor it even further, um, I, 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 I think you're right. I agree with you as far as what his purpose was. I would say that he was, he did very poorly at it then because I didn't catch any of that until the very end. And I don't think anybody else did either. Um, like, like anyone that watched this movie caught it beyond, um, that, that little surprise stinger, you know, at the very end. And so I wish, you know, that, that he had done better at it because I, one thing that comes to mind is right there at the very beginning, after he says, grandma, um, was in the other room, wanted the heat turned up, uh, as he's leaving to take out the trash was the first thing that dad says. He says, Hey, I'm, I'm liberal as anyone, but some limp wristed blah, 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 blah. And I did notice that. Yeah, he said he says, yeah, I'm nothing if I'm not liberal. Um, I, I, but this limp, limp-wristed hippie garbage has got to go. Right. This is, you know, this isn't the West Coast. Like he just, I mean, they 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 do a good job of, in my opinion, they're trying to, without saying it, establish that this is a like Midwestern, like working class town. It's, right. um, in, you know, it's the house. Is, oh, is it in Massachusetts? <laughs> Sorry, oh, I just okay, noticed well, a lot of weird details about this movie. Yeah, it's in Massachusetts. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. okay, well then, I, then I'm okay. I, I missed that, but you know. Um, so, but you know, but the houses are all kind of run down, and and even the people, which I've got some stuff about this, but you know, the people are just dis- are are portrayed as like being overweight, being you know, there's the one guy at the the vending machine who's kind of a redneck and even talks that way, and people are using guns. Well, and let's officially so, say we're in the setup now. This is a setup, yeah, because yeah. you're right. The whole town was a big bumper sticker. I mean, it was a. A side of the road attraction, uh, a town wrapped around one thing that happened 300 years ago. And they did a very good in representing that visually. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the last thing I was going to say was the end of that conversation between mom and dad was when uh, mom says he's just sensitive and dad says sensitive is writing poetry and being poor at team sports. I won't have him, you know, and they go off on all that stuff. And then they do a cool job of introducing the uncle who we haven't seen yet, um, you know, bringing him into the picture and everything, um, which is part of the setup. Yes. Yes, it is. And so we can talk about it. Um, Yeah. So Norman can talk to the dad. He loves zombies. Dad disapproves. He has a crazy uncle. And the uncle's looking for him. So um, it's in there. The town has made its fortune from a witch trial. Um, There's a fat kid and a bully. And um, there's a lot of pipe laid by a crazy drama lady. Yes, Uh, which I thought was... uh, It was uh, very well done. It is, and it's it's. This is something from Blake Snyder. It's a uh, Pope in the pool moment, okay. where if you've got to if you've got to relay a bunch of backstory, you can't just have somebody telling it. So 
they <laughs> they use this drama teacher who is over the top and you know kind of crazy or whatever. So I thought that was a really great way of telling that story without all of us sitting here going, "All right, that's kind of boring." I and, loved her yeah. carpal tunnel uh, support there. That I, lo- mm. I noticed that because I've had to wear yeah. one of those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not supposed to be accurate. It's supposed to sell postcards. Yeah. So. Yeah, and some of my other notes with the setup as far as the small town, working class, and all that, I have, you know, that uh, um, one of the things that I thought was funny is, again, this movie came out in 2012, but they're, these people, they're trying to establish that these people are kind of behind the times. So Norman's sister, who is like the popular trendy girl, she's still using like a you know, T-Mobile sidekick kind of phone and, and Norman has a just regular, you know, uh, push button phone. Nobody has smartphones in this movie and it's 2012. Yeah. They don't have and, flat, flat panels or anything like that. Yeah. 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 So I think that they did a good job of subtly. This is a thing that they did a great job. The high they school subtly, straight out of the eighties. Yeah. yeah. They subtly show you that these people are kind of behind the times a little bit. So, mm-hmm. um, this, yeah, yeah the, way, the way they dressed to the sister, she sort of had like that jumpsuit, which is very like, Early 2000s. Interesting. Say what? I'm sorry, John. Midriff, naval ring, you know, all that stuff that was popular in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Mine still looks good. She, um, she, she wore the same thing every day. That was an interesting thing that you don't see, uh, in, in very often, uh, is, is car, you know, cartoon characters, uh, don't change clothes, but this thing was so realistic, uh, in a way that I expected that. And, and, uh, I didn't see that. So, and they used up see. all the uh, the the material they were going to use on her clothes. They used on her hips. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let's talk about body proportions and stuff because right there during the setup, the first thing we see on mom and dad is her butt and his gut. Did you see that <laughs> when he walked through the thing? Yeah. And then not moments later, they're talking about him while he's at the door, and then we get her gut and dad's gut. Yeah. You know, uh, the, 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 the bully has a giant double chin. Uh, the sister has these amazing, huge, you know, hips that don't lie. Um, and and lipstick that doesn't lie either. Yeah. Lip gloss. Uh, and even, even our jock, you know, is, is grotesquely (laughs) over, uh, you know, built or whatever. Yeah. Disproportionate. And and then we have a fat, we have a fat, uh, friend. So, Lots of uh, stereotypes is what I'm saying. We had the blonde, you know. We got we got uh, a jock, we got the fat kid. We even had the nerdy girl, you know, with the unibrow. Um, so mm. so there were other themes in there, uh, just about about bullying. But I I just I I don't think that he did. I don't like where he went with it, and we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. Well, what, my last thing with the setup, actually, I'm sorry, two last things. One with Norman, I thought it was cool. Like they made sure that you knew that his hair always stood on end. Yes. So it's like he const not that he lived in fear, but like it's just that whole like, you know, fright, you know, hair standing on end kind of thing. So I thought huh. that was kind of a cool decision that they made. Um, you know, he tries to comb it down, it pops back up and all that. Uh, but the other thing, um, you know, when, when the, the teacher, or the, to me, this is them trying to establish the whole idea of this being kind of a, you know, uh, 
conservative town versus progressive or liberal, you know, that they, they kind of mentioned that earlier. But when the, the drama teacher is explaining everything, you know, she uses, you know, I, I'll just call it the founding father's argument. Um, you know, I don't watch it, but my in-laws are really into like Bill O'Reilly and all that stuff. So they constantly are telling me, you know, using that kind of language or whatever. Mm. Um, and so she even says, you know, Puritans were strict and devout settlers who came here to build a home, a place without sin. And right. so like they're, you know, they're, they're, she, they're laying that groundwork again to show that this is a town steeped in tradition. Um, you know, that they, they, uh, yeah. So I'll, yeah, there's that. <laughs> Sorry. I lost myself in my notes, but it's all right. Um, well, I, I think, um, I think the image is that the town itself is full of, uh, casinos and fast food joints and vending machines and, um, yeah, but the, but the people, that's what I'm, I'm getting at. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, people are, are, uh, well, there's one British lady and the rest of them are rednecks. So, yeah. You um, even have the, you even have the cop who there's that th- funny thing where you first see her, where she says, you know, kids and kids and their cell phones are killing the ozone. And then she, you know, litters and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. That was, that was funny. And that's also like another one of those, you know, anti global warming, you know, kind of deals that I was like, Oh, that's funny. But <laughs> it was a, it was a smack to the, uh, the, to the you know, conservative people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with their SUVs and whatnot. Yeah. Which hmm. that, that character was uh, Vanessa from the Cosby show. Or her oh, I just want to put myself on the other side <laughs> really? of this argument officially. I don't see all this. I just want to say I'm not opposed to your view. I just think we are going I, – I, we can. We can go as deep as you want. I, I don't think Paranorman was uh, trying to mock me or right-wing people. Um, <laughs> I think it was <laughs> – I just think it was trying to make statements about bullying and about not listening and not talking. Um, I think the guy himself and fear. Yeah. And about fear. Um, I think he had a side that he took, but like I said earlier, I don't think he'd get a good enough job for us to give him all this credit that he was preaching this and preaching that he might've been trying to, but he was being, if he was, he was being so subtle and so convoluted and so watered down, I didn't get it all. Because all I get is that there's a guy that really, really wanted a bag of chips. And he was willing <laughs> to risk his life. And I don't want us to get so deep and dark with this thing that we miss those moments. Um, because the yeah. story had a lot of humor, a lot of laugh out loud, hilarious, creative moments. And um, I'm, I'm just, I just want to put that out there. So, okay. So maybe I'm, maybe I just, because I caught on to a lot of this different stuff or I felt like I was catching on to it and that he was trying to subtly put these distinctions in and everything. So may, uh, you know, maybe you guys are going to tell me a lot of times throughout this that I'm, I'm going too far with it. But even with that scene that you're talking about, James, it's, you know, with the, the, uh, the vending machine, you know, I look at that and I go, okay, you know, is, is he trying to say that even, you know, even when he knows it's going to kill him, he's still going to go after junk food, you know, probably not, <laughs> yeah, but I'm just, again, no, I just get that he's stupid. He's a stupid guy. That's yeah. it. Boom. He's a cartoon character. Um, and that's fine. I mean, that's fine. I just, I just am going to say that I see this as a, it was a fun movie. I liked it. And I see it as the light end of everything that, that he's not talking necessarily about me. He's talking about people. 
you know, it's not a statement about right wingers, I guess. It's not political. It is just a general statement. And if we see that that applies to a certain type of person, then so be it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm just not seeing it as, as much as uh, maybe you are. And I'm not saying it's not there. I just I'm not seeing it. Yeah, so uh, like you said, maybe I'm just giving him too much credit for making these characters, giving the characters a lot more depth than maybe. And again, he may be, he may be doing everything you said, but if he did, he didn't do it right. He didn't do it well enough. And that's why I don't want to give him all that credit. Uh, Save the cat moment. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Um, This one was late in the game for me. Um, Not every movie has a save the cat moment. So I almost blew this one off, but I, for me, the moment I liked him moment I, it clicked and I realized he wasn't nuts was when they zoom in, when he's walking to school, they rotate around him, and then we get to see the world how he sees it and how friendly he is and how cordial he is and how everybody... At first, I had just written, it's just because everybody's hating on him that you love him, you know, because he's the the guy, you know, he's the the sad little guy. But um, for me, it was that moment. Anybody else? I agree. I have exactly that. I have nothing because I couldn't figure out where the cat needed to be saved. For this guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll be honest, John. I'm, I was kind of with you. It wasn't until the last time through that I was kind of going, you know, a lot of times I'm bad about the save the cat moment. Um, and, you know, again, I, I just because I don't feel like Norman changed a whole lot. It was more the people around him that changed. I was kind of going, does he even need a save the cat moment? But yeah, if I had to give him one, I, I'm going with uh, I'm in the James camp on this one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Catalyst, the moment where life as it is changes. Um, obviously he's already in a pretty weird place being able to talk to the dead. Um, I, you know, I early on in movies, when I first started this show, I was looking in the setup and I thought I was finding catalysts. And if you, it, it, and I was almost tempted to do that this time because the first time that the uncle talks to them and they're, you know, I would have said, Oh, well, that's a catalyst. That's the catalyst. <clears throat> but I realized, no, it's well after he dies. It's in the bathroom, in the stall. Um, when he finally tells him, you know, go get the book and, and all this kind of stuff. That's when life changes for, for Norman is, is in a stall. That was so well done. The walls bending and flexing freaking Alvin, not able to spell his own name. Right. When, he, when he's writing on the wall, um, the fact that he climbs up on these old school toilets that don't aren't even in bathrooms anymore. They, they, you know, you can't climb up on the back of a ICUP toilet. That's what I call them. There's a, there's a tiny <laughs> little man. Have toilet seats. Yeah, there's a tiny little man in there. And, Lids. And they. Oh, you're right. You're right. And yeah. uh, he watches you go to the bathroom, and he knows to push the button for you. So. Mm. That's so crazy! You have it so late. I have. I, I'm interested to hear what Paul and John have to say, but I have it like uh, so, so much earlier. Well, I have his cross. I have the catalyst at that uh, the crossover moment when he's in the school play when they're practicing, mm-hmm. and he all of a sudden kind of goes back in time. Everything just kind of okay. melts away, and then and then he's also grounded for seeing the ghost. That's kind of where it comes to me where he has to make a change. Hmm. If something has to happen for him, okay, that's where I put it. Well, the only thing about that, and, and this is just for the listeners, not to correct anybody, is Catalyst is a choice that is made by the person itself. Those were things that kind of happened to him. Those were the, 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 I don't know, they were necessary. They were part of the story. 
they were part yeah. of the setup. He even, yeah, they were right. part of the setup, and he even says, "Oh no, not again!" And I feel like that was a storytelling tactic to let you know that this is a reoccurring thing. This is the first time we're seeing it, but this is mm. kind of usual business for him, and he hates it every time. But it's just something that he has to live with. Well, the uncle even asks him during what I thought was a catalyst yeah. at first. Yeah, is are you seeing the 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 thin veil or whatever being torn away or whatever? And um, and he was, he was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Have we mentioned that the uncle saw dead people too? I thought that was interesting. Um, and according to my notes, just FYB, uh, his last name was Pendergast, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. Agatha's last name, from what I understand, absolutely was Pendergast. Pendergast. Yeah. 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 I was going to bring that up. At some point. So there's a good chance that that she and they don't talk about it, but that they were related. Yeah, right. that's exactly how I felt because um, I, I I did notice that uh, you know after watching it a couple and why times. Why didn't they? Why didn't they go there? Yeah, it and that's another so thing neat. that I yeah that's another thing that I feel like they they that the story or that the writer failed on was yeah he should have made that a point because now we're supposed to believe okay well yeah Norman's last name is Babcock in the movie but his mother's maiden name then must be Pendergast right. or it has to be Pendergast because the dad says I'm not going to have him acting like Your you know brother. that crazy yeah. brother of yours. Um, you know, so yeah, so I, I do think that this is something that's been passed down. It's a trait that runs in their family and you know why it doesn't happen to the mom. We don't know. Maybe it's just one person per family or whatever, but yeah, I mean, they, they are connected, you know, in that way. So I do think that Norman is related to Agatha. And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the weak point of the ending is there's no real reason given why she excludes him and pulls him in. I guess because he tried to read to her at the at you know on the steeple maybe and 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 during the uh, during the the sniff of death thing uh, <laughs> the sniff of I like death it. I just renamed <laughs> it I like mine better um, me too but but it, how much stronger would it have been for her to know or or some connection to have been made because otherwise why should she believe him what he he's actually her her he, he, she thinks he's horrible because she, she doesn't want to go to sleep. He's the one yeah. that's going to lull her to bed and or to sleep, not to bed. And um, anyway, and just but catalyst. Anybody? Any other thoughts on catalyst? Real quick. I've yeah, I, it. yeah, I've got it way earlier, but I'm wrong. Go for it. Well, let me hear Christian. I just have it as the the first time he has the vision, and I hear you that it's when they make the choice. But I always viewed the break into the two as when he finally makes the choice. Like I have the catalyst is like he's presented with a choice, and then comes the debate. And I know it's not the sequential, but then comes the debate where he sort of argues the choice, and then breaking into is where he makes the choice. That's how I've always had it set up. Okay. And so that's that's how I've got it split up. But I've, all right, I, I'm interested to hear what you think the debate is. Then so hold on to that and don't don't change mm-hmm. it. I want to hear. I want to hear what we're saying. All right, uh, uh, Paul? Yeah, James, I agree with you. Um, I think that, you know, for all the reasons that you've already listed, um, it's the catalyst. It's the point where uh, where he, Norman, does, he's presented with a, with uh, an, I mean, with an ultimatum. Um, he's, he's told that he has to do this and that it's up to him. He has to make a choice at some point that will lead to the d- debate, obviously. But another, another thing that a lot of times is established and it's a great storytelling technique to build suspense is um, I don't know if, if Blank Snyder talks about this but just a ticking clock mm-hmm. and in that the, the uncle says you have to read from the book before the sun sets tonight um, which again I think you know I was going oh that's great you know there's that ticking clock that, that lets you know okay now the game is on so right, that right. is another indication of a catalyst however again another Thing that I was kind of going, all right, well, they kind of dropped the ball on this. Yeah, is, they did. 
they, they okay great the sun went down and she comes out and everything but there's no immediate repercussions mm-hmm. for the fact that he didn't do i mean yeah she she becomes bigger and the whole town can see and they're all freaked out but at this it, but she just kind of lingers there in the distance and makes scary faces and yeah. she doesn't actually do any harm she, she brings to life the the guys that only want to just walk into town and tell him to break the curse so yeah, yeah you're right that's a huge flaw in the in the narrative so yeah but that but again that's another reason why i think that's uh, you know the catalyst because again a lot of times the catalyst it you know comes with a a ticking clock and then i, I i'm going to jump ahead real quick um and just kind of say something when it comes to break into two a lot of times christian what they do is there's a literal movement um like when we did die hard it was you know him actually escaping you know from the office and you know going upstairs and with this one that to me we'll get to this in a second but you know he he does actually he's on the move with lord of the rings it's you know them breaking through uh you know and leaving the shire and and all that kind of stuff so there's usually movement of some sort even geographically mm-hmm. not just emotionally or in a discussion um you know when it comes to the break into two moments yeah there well, I, I have movement in my breaking into two but I, we'll get to that i guess yeah yeah yeah, let's 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 wait till we get there. Um, stasis equals death. I put it in here. We usually talk about it earlier, but it was mentioned so late, and and it's what you said uh, that the book read from it before the sun goes down. But then that you know, like you said, it, it's not really. It, it's the stasis equals death in that it gets him in the catalyst mode. It gets him into the de- uh, through the debate into the break to two. But it's really after that stops and and there's and and we do that and and we're done. There's honestly nothing that, as far as that end point, every movie that we've talked about so far has a, a point it has to be done by. And this one didn't do that. It was open-ended. For all we know, he could have gone and, and took a nap, and she would have just hung out there for three or four days. You know? Yeah. There was nothing, there was no real urgency. There was yeah. in the movie, but I didn't feel it. It could have happened at any time. They should have said by sunrise. You know, read the book. By you know by but then maybe uh, something falls out of the book and says if you don't get it then it has to be by morning you know it's been so easy to have put something yeah. like that in there and it yeah. may have ended up on the editing room floor we don't know I didn't read the the screenplay so yeah my my last thing before the cat we leave the catalyst my I love whenever he uh, is trying to or they're they're arguing about it all and he says you know swear that you'll do it swear and he his response is like the f word yeah and and that's a great <laughs> yeah. that's a great joke yeah, and good. another example of why my kids won't watch this movie cuz gotcha. they they know what that word is and it's fart and uh, i don't want them <laughs> to think of any other words that it might be so there you go no uh so d- debate um it's the moment after the catalyst and this one definitely has one um uh, i it, it sh- he goes back home after talking with dead dad or, or dead dad's brother-in-law. And uh, he's suddenly afraid of zombies. Um, the hockey mask kid shows up outside, which is a great little visual joke. Um, he shares the plan so, with his friend. He has his conversation with grandma. And she says, it, um, it's your duty. Oh, no, she says she's going to take care of him. That's what she says. Uh, I don't go to paradise because I promised that I would take care of you. And she says, it's your duty. You do it no matter what. And, and even if it's really scary and she's basically like, Oh, you know, he's taking it somewhere. She didn't mean for it to go. <laughs> so she doesn't exactly know what he's going through. Um, but that's when she says the, the, the thing that breaks him into two is nothing wrong with being scared. As long as you don't let it change who you are, which is a great theme. 
That is a wonderful theme and could have been the theme for the whole thing if it wasn't for a sprinkling of what I think Polly was talking about earlier. I think it's there. I think the preaching, the moralizing is there. But it's like he started with that. There's nothing wrong with being scared because there's this mob mentality that we see uh, coming after the zombies. There's there's um, uh, the, the whole thing about sitting down and talking about it at the very beginning, like Grandma said. I think he tried to start something. And then I believe, like like a little, like I said, there's a sprinkling of it. He shoehorned it in and, and said, oh, so maybe, all right, uh, uh, maybe you're right, but maybe the news came on one day. And he saw what you saw, and he's like, ooh, I can make this thing socially accept, you know, uh, relevant, and I can make some sort of statement. And then he goes back and, and throws it in. I don't know. Because mm. is it about bullying or is it not? Is it about talking or is it not? Um, I think it's about being scared and, not, and, and still being able to be rational. Uh, because anyway, we'll get there. Well, no, I have to say it because I'll forget it later. The people become zombies. I wrote this down. They become like zombies when they stop thinking. Yeah, that, mm. That's the thing. They were a mob and they started attacking the zombies. But when they're in front of the... Um, when they're in front of the uh, city hall, city hall, town hall, they're 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 punching their hands through like zombies and grabbing the people, you know, and 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 they kind of shift into like you know, even even the big British lady has green on her face. The one that overate has the blood looking stuff coming down from her mouth, you know. But it's barbecue sauce more than likely. Um, these people are mindless zombies, and um, so I thought that played in great. That's just me. Any other thought on the debate point? Where was uh, it, Christian? I've got the debate is when he's on the toilet with the, the his uncle, and I didn't have it as that at first, but I had to go back and change it because when he's on the toilet and his uncle's telling him what he has to do, he's just like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I wish I had written down the exact words. Um, and the reason that's the debate and not the scene after where he's at his house to me is because when his fat little friend comes out with the mask, he says, no, like I've got really important stuff on my mind. So in my head, he's already decided he's going to do that. Um, and for me, that sort of leans, leads into break into act two, which can I just jump right into that? Yeah, go that. Everybody Uh, else still needs to comment, but go ahead. As motion, uh, for the motion in that, like the Paul's talking about, I've got that where he bikes out of his house. So I've got catalyst is uh, the visions where he finds out okay something's different um, i know we talked about how they had happened before but visions is where something's different debate is where he says no i can't do it break into two is where he make he like physically moves and bikes out to well, go get the let book. me just say and i'm sure paul will agree we all agree on break into two it is when yeah. he when he gets that look of determination and heads out on his bike that's exactly what i wrote oh, yeah cool. i have i have the same uh, hop on your bike and ride is what i put on because I like the band Queen but and that's a Freddie Mercury line but anyway <laughs> um, it's so so just to kind of come back you know because I you know and forgive me if I'm if I'm being kind of a butt with this but I feel like we're all here we're discussing these things because we're trying to learn and, and, and get better about this stuff and so you know I would just say if 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 the catalyst was not what James and I thought then and it, it's pushed back you know several minutes um there would be a real, real long time between catalyst and and debate and break into two. Um, you know, I mean, it, which which can happen, um, you know, for sure. But that would just be a really long time where we're just lingering in Act One, um, you know, before we hit the break into two. So I agree with you completely on on break into two. Um, I even think that both. 
I, I think that with this debate, there's kind of that double bump because um, mm. I, I I do have I do, I have what both of you guys said. You know, I have Norman arguing with his uncle in the bathroom stall because they are arguing. They are debating on, you know, whether or not, you know, Norman can do this. And um, one of the things that I wrote down is that Norman says, no, you can't leave now. I don't understand. It's like, you know, he's he's fighting it. He doesn't want to do it. Um, and then he does leave. And he does, right. you know, like you said, Christian, you know, he tells Alvin he's got something important to do. But then he doesn't jump into two yet. And then there's that scene with grandma. And it's kind of like, okay, he knows all of this. He's trying to wrestle with this decision. And then like James said, which I think that, you know, if we could only choose one, I would go with James. But I do think that on this one, there is that double bump with the debate. Um, and and, and uh, grandma is ultimately, you know, who helps him muster the courage to actually break into two. Well, let me let me mention this. Uh, since we're doing Blake Snyder's BS2, uh, Catalyst is on page 12. It is a, it is a moment, a hard moment. Um, an, an event uh, debate though is 12 to 25. So it yeah. starts the exact same time as the catalyst. So it is entirely possible that everyone is exactly right. Um, that catalyst is the moment his head pops up out of that toilet. That's the catalyst. Boom. <laughs> Dead uncle yeah. came back to talk to you. Boom. That's it. The debate begins immediately, immediately. So yeah. yes, it's all of that. I, I was too uh, narrow, and Christian was a little bit on the other end. Uh, put, it, put it together, and we're right. I like being right. Um, <laughs> we already did break into two, and for the sake of time, we're, we're just going to say he headed out on his bike. So, boom, right there. Um, B story. This is another one. Um, I, I remember what Ethan said. A is the physical story. B story is the emotional action. Well, there wasn't a lot of emotional action. Am I wrong? There was, a, there was a possibility for it. This van I wrote was full of all these different kinds of people, the bully kid, the fat kid, the weird kid, the blonde kid, and the jock kid, and ultimately a homosexual kid. Um, but they, it was all comedy and, and racing and stuff. There was really no um, emotional side to it. I mean, there was a love story, the sister and Mitch. Um, but it was just a, a side thing. It was not necessarily what they took a break from. Or was it all the, the madness with the people? I don't know. I, I do have a B story. Okay. And, uh, and that's the fact that Norman is actually finding friendship in the living people. Mm. You know, he's, he, you see that's him good. kind of hinting at it with, uh, with Cal or whatever his name was. The big boy, but um, he's you know he's finding friendship and facing its fears. That's what I have for the B story. Well, I, you know it's obviously his buddy, the fat kid. Um, yeah. But I keep having this just this image of all those guys in the van. That that for me was the B story, but I don't know that there was a lot of emotional action in that. So I don't know, uh, Christian. I uh, yeah B story. I have. Um the, the lesson he learned via his grandma, but that was, it was sort of weak. And I kind of put like probably, you know, like not a big focus of the story. Mm -hmm. Well, B story is also the break from the A story and they go back and forth and back and forth. Um, and, and so there were two main things going on and one was following his actions. And, and then the other one was the, the, the townspeople mm -hmm. and all their stuff. Um, so I don't know. Uh, Paul set us straight. Well, I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I agree with you, James, that the, it, it, it's weak on this because, mm -hmm. you know, he, 
the the Neil, I think is the chubby kid's name. Um, Neil isn't with him when he breaks into two. Um, Alvin, there, there's that awesome scene where Alvin's dancing for girls, um, <laughs> which I love. But anyway, he's humping uh, the ground. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so so he follows he follows him up into um into the house and they don't even really do a whole lot of talking really um I mean and then the, Norman just doesn't really talk to the other kids and so like with what John said I'm kind of going I think that's what it should have been yeah um I completely agree that's what it should have been because you know we already talked about it. he is a loner and you know especially you know for for uh, I, I will say you know John I, I see that you are being consistent as far as um, you know what you think the theme is and, and and with his flaw and all that kind of stuff and because that ties into what you feel is the B story and again I think that should have been it but I just don't see enough of it played out to where I could actually say that's what I think the B story is so I kind of <sighs> If I had to pick a B story, I would say it's Norman and the zombies because when you mm. break into two, um, yeah, he passes Alvin and Alvin's there, but he's not really talking much with the, with with him, um, and he doesn't even really talk much with the zombies. Like I'll be honest about that. Like there's not really much of that. Yeah. But if there's anybody that he makes the emotional connection yeah, with, that's what I was gonna say. It's yeah. the zombies because he begins to talk with them, um, and and you know, and you 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 have that flip flop where they are admitting that they were wrong, and you know all this kind of stuff, and we find out that you know the zombies aren't the henchmen; they're they're on his side. They want to help him. Um, it's the townspeople, so there is that great uh, script flip uh, or whatever. Sorry, James, for botching that, but yeah. So for me, uh, the B story, if there is you know, if there is one, which I mean there has to be, but I mean I I. I landed on Norman and the zombies. Yeah, you're, I think you're mm. right. But there, I, th- I think, again, it's just it's that first time script screenwriting thing. Um, it should have been somebody else and Norman. Yeah. You know, in, in the in the grave scene there uh, or or by then him and the bully should have bonded over that experience. But well, know, but Alvin just stays Alvin, you know, hey, we got a blog and everything, you know. Yeah, but but there is also you know the, the the A story or the B story is what leads to the solution of A story um in right. with the zombies right so that's that's another reason why I feel like it was the zombies that that's the, oh I'm not the, arguing I'm saying that I oh think I know I know I'm just I'm just saying the you know, B story the, is all the emotion I think there could have been more and yeah, there wasn't I agree. nobody yeah. in that van uh, accepted or worked with anybody else exactly and that was supposed to be one of the themes. And even at the very end, when they're all standing together holding hands, yeah, maybe you could say that they were standing together, but they hadn't bonded. And that was, Alvin grabbed her butt, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Alvin hadn't learned a darn thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And even when the sister steps forward, I was sitting there kind of going, all right, where did that where come Where did from? that come from? She yeah, hated yeah. everybody and everything. She whined through the whole thing. And yeah, all of a sudden, she's the one that comes forward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it should have been him. He should have been the one that talked. You know, it, then yeah. they would have listened because that was a sub theme is, is no one listens. No one understands. Well, they could have listened and understood. But yeah. Yeah, because they, they could have brought it up. If, I like that point, James, because I hadn't thought of that. But if and, and if he would have been the one, then that would have been fulfilling grandma's you know advice. He would have been scared to step forward, but he would have done it and not changed who he was. Cause he would have been like, Hey, I can, I know what's going on. I know what's happening. You know, I'm, I'm admitting to my weirdness, blah, blah, blah. I'm terrified. I can't do this on my own. Yeah. They could have done so much with that, but they didn't. Yeah. 
Well, and, and there's a test, and, and we could do it like this. Uh, if you could describe his sister, you would say, well, she's a stereotypical uh, blonde teenage girl on the phone all the time, texting and on the phone. And you'd say, okay, what about your, your bad guy or your uh, bully? Oh, well, yeah, he's he's mean, he's angry, he's he's immature, he's perverted, whatever. Um, you could say that about any of those characters. But then when you go to Norman, all you've got on him, I'm just saying he's pretty shallow. All you've got on him <laughs> yeah. is that he's got a thing that he can do. Take that away, and what is he? What? How do you describe Norman? We didn't get enough of him. We really yeah. didn't. And we didn't see, like you said, any significant change in him either. And you could argue that, well, it was about everybody else changing. <sighs> yeah, he. but he. I guess it's that he learns to talk. You know, but again, that's a sub theme of a sub theme of a sub theme that that it, it should have been all about fear, not changing who he was. And he did stand up in spite of fear and he did go talk to her, which was pretty cool. Um, but they didn't set it up enough to where that was a big payoff. Like you're like, oh, he's he's overcoming, you know, all this fear. He wasn't really afraid. Yeah, he, he never really was. Everybody else mm -hmm. was. But anyway, we're going to, I'm going to force us to jump over fun and games, okay? Because that's it's obvious. The only thing I will say about it is I love zombies and every every zombie cartoon has this. I call it zombie paste. That if whatever you have that falls off your body, if you just stick it up and hold it up, <laughs> it will reattach and and work. Yeah. Yep. And um mm -hmm. even your clothes might come back together. You know, your shoulder rip. So, it's pretty cool. But, uh, oh, and the other thing I'll say is that I did like when they came down, the zombies did, and they, they come to the town, and you think you're about to see them start to just tear up people's brains, and they see the drunkenness, the graffiti, overeating, pop singers, and a kid's show, and, uh, and, and they were Puritans, and they had, you know, it had been referenced that they like sinless lives, you know, and, they, mm -hmm. and they, they all of a sudden were afraid of us, and I thought yeah. that was a pretty strong and a and a pretty good statement. So yeah, yeah, they they if you look at them, it's the seven deadly sins that they see, which I thought was great. What which one is the uh, kids show? It's, I don't know, stupidity. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the one they they really freak out about. Midpoint, uh, depending on the story, it's the moment where everything's great or terrible. We had a we had a terrible midpoint. Um, they get to the Hall of Records, and the archives are huge. That's what I wrote. Mm-hmm. I have the midpoint being when the the zombies meet the current residents of the uh, in the street. That part that we just talked yeah, about. Yeah, that's that was my midpoint. Okay, it's pretty close. Pretty close to mine. I mean, it's pretty close to all of it. But I, I would say it's the thing they were trying to get to. They were told um, that they needed to. Remember, they called up the nerd girl, and the nerd girl said, "You need to get to find out where her uh, grave was." Mm. And so that was their. There was actually a couple of midpoints because of the fact that the stasis equals death reset and nobody gave us a new one. But um, the Hall of Records, uh, I'm pretty feel pretty strong about that um, because right after that, the bad guys close in. That's when the mob of zombie people start pressing in, start trying to tear down the building, the doubt, the jealousy, the fear. The people inside uh, give up on him and start to walk away, and they get up in the narthex actually of the building and can't, can't leave. Um, so everything's boarded up. Uh, any, any comments on midpoint before we go into bad guys close in? 
So how long, um, according to Blake Snyder, how long is the midpoint? Midpoint is a moment. Slice. It's one of the moments. It, a bad guy's close in is 55 to 75. Midpoint is 55. The first okay, page. so it's one more. Okay. Yeah, because with this one, I, again, I felt like it was a, I mean, I agree with you. Um, but there's also when Norman realizes that he's reading at the wrong grave, that's the, that is a low point. Um, I think that whenever he gets to city hall and they realize it's massive, that's also a low point. Um, you know, so I kind of went back and forth with those. Also, he joins up with everybody right after he realizes he's reading, meeting at the wrong grave. And, you know, so there's that, you know, joining of, with other people. Um, and they, and then they, you know, they go to city hall. So for me, I just kind of said it's a little convoluted. Um, it yep. could be the, it could be reading at the wrong grave or it could be arriving at city hall. Um, depending. Well, that's what so I'm saying kinda, because we had two stasis equals or uh, no real stasis equals death. It, 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 the the stasis happened there was no death you know nothing yeah. nothing bad happened the dead came to life actually and yeah. so um but for me because because i'm reading backwards from the end at this point this is how i figured it out um the bad guys closing in um on all of the group the whole group in the van uh happens right after they get inside that building so yeah yeah no and like i said i, I agree with you i just felt like it they yeah, it, it could it, it could have been a couple different things almost. Um, yeah, because because of the different themes, and so again, that having so many themes makes it a little bit weird to kind of pinpoint certain things that only allow for one single moment. So, Christian, any thoughts uh, as far as the midpoint goes? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, it was so mixed up. I actually, it's honestly blank. Okay, uh, all is lost. Um, for me, was when uh, he climbed up on that steeple and tried to read to her. And she strikes him down, and that's our whiff of death. Thoughts? Uh, I agree that it's the whiff of death, but I have uh, my all is lost as when everyone leaves him alone in the library, that's and I think too. he like he like lays down, and you can tell. Like, well, he that's has- Dark Night of the Soul because here here again the the page numbers seventy five to eighty five is Dark Night of the Soul. The first page is all is lost. So that that moment, that initial moment, is him falling off. I totally agree with you. But that's Dark Knight of the Soul. Wait, I, wait, Christian, can you clarify? Because I, what, from what you were saying, I think you're talking about a moment before. Or am I just completely misunderstanding you? We're asking for all is lost, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, this so page seventy-five, which is a moment. Yeah. Right. So all is lost for me is when all of his teammates are they leave him in the library. They all go run to the windows, um, and he, there's no one else looking for the book. Uh, look, you know, looking him. for the location. It's just but him. We got to have a whiff of death, though. Stops reading. Well, I have the whiff of death coming after, like right okay. after, and I, I'm, I have it with you. But so I guess my pacing is a little off. That's fine. That's what we're here for, man. Right. Well, if we're going, into, I don't know if you, anyone has anything more to say about all is lost, but I, I would just, like yeah. to have the same thing you do. Right. Yeah, and I've got both. Of, I got both of what you guys said because I feel like you know, I, I feel like you know everyone abandoning him in the library, him yelling at them, him not wanting to talk through things, um, him saying, uh, uh, I never asked for anyone's help and I don't need it now. Um, you know, he's, he's all alone. I mean, it's like all those things I feel like based on one of the themes, 
that is an all is lost moment, but to stick, I mean, and again, it's, it, not all, all is lost moments have a whiff of death, um, meaning they're supposed to, and, and the really good ones, the really emotionally, uh, you know, heart tugging ones do, and it's best to have that. And, and we do get that whenever he climbs up on the tower and he yeah, gets struck. Yeah, because they fade to black and that's the, that's yeah. the impression they're trying to give you is that he's, yeah, he could and, and be so dead. I, I, I feel like what, to me, what, is the all is lost moment is Norman in the library. However, I feel like for the sake of the movie, just because they're trying to follow the 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 plan, they're they want it to be him up on the on the uh, him getting blasted and falling into the darkness. So, like I said, I know that maybe that sounds like uh, like I'm not taking a hard stand, but again, I just I feel like well, it's they hard didn't to with this accomplish one. it. Yeah, uh, Dark Knight of the Soul is the trial sequence. Um, the witch is, and we find out she's a little girl that, that was a great reveal. You want to talk mm-hmm. about, uh, uh, something that took me by surprise first time I saw it. Um, and because I have the memory of a goldfish, it, it surprises me every time. And it surprised me just now as I read it. Um, no, uh, but she has the same power as Norman. I didn't get that the first time I, I read it. They, they talk about her being a witch so much. I don't know that they did a great job clarifying that she was just a little girl with powers and here's why it didn't fly to me is because she glows she does she isn't like norman she has red yellow or yellow lightning coming out of her eyes and crap and she has the ability we saw that in a in a flashback from before to put a curse on people norman couldn't do that yeah do you um, think do you think that she glows because it's like a, a vision and not the actual time that it actually happened i i think she lit up in that moment and, and curse yeah. those people. And, um, uh, I don't know. Maybe she I didn't also- cause they did string her up. And if you're glowing yellow, <laughs> you can't really be hung. String up a fellow. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I, I feel like, I feel like they don't, like you said, James, they don't clarify a lot of those things. So I don't know, maybe that was just their creative way of getting us back to the present. Could, or well, I'll maybe, tell you why yeah, it was know. a problem for me. When first time I watched it, I kept thinking, why I, I'm having a hard time siding with her. Because, is anybody else hearing that? Yeah, it's like crazy dance music. All right, it's over. Um, uh, That was our intermission. Yeah, that was a little intermission. (laughs) Let's see. Okay, so what I was trying to say is I was having a hard time siding with her because she was the one that cursed everybody and started the whole crap, you know, not in the first place. But if she had just been a victim, I would have, I would have been like, okay, they're the bad guys. She's the good guy. But the fact that she did this vengeance thing, and they did try in the finale, he did a, they tried to smooth it all over to say that, you know, every year you've held on to this vengeance and you, and your fear and you've become less a little girl and more of something else, you know? So they tried to, to, to make it obvious that, that what she is now, she wasn't then. Yeah. But she still had the ability to curse people and she was, so take the name away, witch, okay? She's, say she's not a witch. If you curse somebody and it works, you're a bad guy. Mm. Yeah. If you, if you kill people that are trying to kill you, that's self-defense. If you yeah. curse people for 300 years, <laughs> you're a bad guy. And, and that's a problem I had with the end of the movie is, is yeah. she was a girl, but she had adult-like hate and vengeance. And I don't mm. know that a good little girl 
that just happened like like Norman was. Norman was a good kid. Can we all agree that he mm-hmm. he was good? Um yep. anyway. But even with that, even with him, there was a moment that really twerked me, twerked me. I'm going to start using it that way. It twerked me a little bit. Mm. Is is uh sh- he said, "But don't you ever want to pun- uh, make people that do this to you suffer?" And he goes, "Well, yeah." But then I just think that there's people out there that love me. And I'm like, what, 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 what? Wait a minute. Yeah. This is supposed to have a sub theme about bullying. And you're going to let that ride that it's okay to want to make people suffer. Why mm. not? Why couldn't he have said, yes, I do, but I don't fall. You know, I don't do that. I don't allow my fear or my anger or my vengeance to change me. Now they just let that ride. It's okay to make people suffer. According to this movie. Um, that 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 make you suffer and and you know that's obviously just a a a moral difference between me and the and the writer but i think most people would agree you don't fight fire with fire and and that seems to be a thing here so anyway well i I felt like norman was norman was arguing the counterpoint that he was saying no you can't like i mean yeah he's saying yeah i want to do those things but but i don't but he didn't so say though, that though he did not say those words and that's what i wanted well, him to say i know that but i'm saying i don't feel like the movie is trying to make the statement that it's okay to i mean maybe no, they're saying no i'm not okay. either i'm saying oh, that oh. that's what is they th- because they didn't put that to bed properly is what i'm saying oh, they, okay. they, they okay, brought gotcha. it up Sorry. and they didn't address it it's yeah. like if they had never said it, it w- if they'd stuck with vengeance and her don't you want to make people suffer? Yeah, yes. But and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Now he's a guy that makes want to makes people suffer. We didn't know that. I didn't know he had evil intentions for people. I didn't know that he thought these dark thoughts about people. That was yeah. something we didn't know. Is what I'm saying. He was shallow, and if he was struggling with that, then that would have been his flaw. Is that yeah. he wanted to hurt people? But yeah. anyway, they yeah. weren't well, the same. Is my point. And they were saying they were, and they're not. Gotcha. Yeah, and I feel like even with Dark Knight of the Soul, like I mean, I agree with you where it's at, but again, I feel like they didn't because because the the multiple themes just run all over each other. Um, he hits bottom, you know, physically whenever he falls on the ground and all this kind of stuff. But then he like he gets like he he gets angry at everybody else around him, you know, for what they've done. But it's not like an emotional low point for him. Like he's not mourning the loss of, you know, his grandmother or, you know, whoever the mentor is. Like a lot of times that's what happens. He's not, I mean, I guess he's kind of mourning. He's mourning mourning the the loss of the plan is really it. And that's why I'm saying it's surface. It's surface. Yeah. The plan didn't work out and he's upset about it. And that's why I believe the Dark Knight of Soul is that it's not a real Dark Knight of Soul, but for story's yeah. sake, it is this moment where he's in there. The zombie comes up and talks to him, and he tells him that he needs to break the curse. And 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 even him has to, he has to argue with him and say, "Well, no, no, we don't want to put him to bed, her to bed, because it doesn't work. It doesn't break the curse. We we have to do something else. I'll talk to her." And boom, breaking the three. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's the breaking the three, and again, I agree with you. That's Dark Knight of the Soul, but again, I just don't feel like oh, it, it didn't wasn't achieve. It wasn't dark enough. And, there wasn't yeah, enough night. Yeah. There wasn't yeah. enough soul in that Dark Knight. How about that? Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. There you go. So yeah, so I agree with you on breaking the three. He actually says, you know, I want to do what no one ever did before. I have to go talk to her. There's our our next phase of movement into something, and so yeah, I agree with you on. Is breaking this because it's a kids' movie? 
or, or an older kids movie that we're not seeing a whole bunch of deepness. I think it's just not as well made. It's just. Not I agree. As, <laughs> yeah, I agree too. For, it's just not as. I mean, especially compared to the other movies we've made, those were like masterpieces. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, and like you Lord said, the rings die hard. You know, this is real chunky and clunky and blurry. Yeah, and like you said earlier, James, like all of the all of the jokes and all the humor and all of the the things that they talk about, they're older kid issues. Mm-hmm. So if they're trying to make a kids movie, well, then they shouldn't have. You know, if if they wouldn't have put in all these other things, well, then yeah, maybe I'd go okay. Well, they're they're just kids; they're only going to go so far. But because they tried to make it deeper and add all those other you know things, yeah, uh, you know. I, I agree with you. I don't. Well, I, they made a stop motion help. movie for middle schoolers and then marketed it to kids, and right. the numbers mm. prove that that backfired a little bit on them. I think yeah. it's funny. I mean, it's just, you're right. It's like a stop motion movie for middle schoolers, and I don't know why I would expect it to be anything but stupid. You know what I mean? It would have been just as good live <laughs> action. Right. Know? Right. Oh, absolutely. But it, but uh, you know we're not talking about animation, but it is amazing. It is very very. It won a lot of awards for character design. Uh, and and all that kind of stuff as far as visuals, yeah. but but yeah, it's it's a little lacking. And and you know what's funny is all this. It's true. I still like the movie. I like oh, it I a lot. It, yeah. I agree completely. It's, yeah. That's what's so funny is we're tearing at a new one and we're going to get emails. Oh, you hate on my man. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, yeah, we are hating on it, but it's still good. Still yeah. good. I love Sharknado, but yeah, it's an awful film. So yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so breaking the three, he gets a fresh idea. And and it doesn't even turn out to be really from the 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 person or any B story person, which usually sometimes that that comes back around. Um, it just he says, "I'm going to go talk to her," and so well, and, and it does come from again. This is where they they it just the it's poorly structured because again in the very beginning his grandmother says if they would have just talked to, sit down and talk it out then yeah. it would be a different story. So it. She is the mentor, quote unquote, even though they don't really establish her much as that. She's the Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And so it's like she's I feel like she's supposed to play that role. And she does in a lot of ways. But we just I mean, she doesn't leave the house. I got a good point. You're right. You're right. If she's supposed to be taking care of him, where is she? She could have shown up Obi-Wan style anytime and whispered in his ear, had something to say, you know, been there for him. Um, and, And also crazy little side note. Where's all the ghosts at? Right. Exactly. That's I that's noticed a, that. Yeah, that's another huge thing because it's like uh, okay, apparently all the dead people can talk to each and other and everywhere. can see each other. But so how come none of them are stepping up to help out? And I think again, that's why they don't bring the grandma around because it's like okay, well then they have to deal with mm-hmm. how does she interact with Ad- Agatha and you know. So again, it's just it's just poor structure. But I I do think that her idea, the mentor's idea is what does eventually like he does eventually uh, take her advice, but it's way later in the movie. It's not structured to where, you know, it should be well, for they, that maximum impact. And they so. talk it out, but it's that scene on the steps of the, of the, the townhouse there um, where they all hold hands, you know, the zombies come out, you know, and, and they, and the sister stands up out of all people, you know, um, mm-hmm. That's, well, but even grandma even should have goes, jumped in her body ghost style, like Patrick Swayze and Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> and freaking talk to the people. You have been, that would have been awesome. But I feel like they just used all their ghost jokes, like in that, in his little walk to school, like all the different dead types of people they could think up. Yeah. They yeah. just ran through every era and like every fun. Oh, and another that. adult joke, how they hanging or how, how's it hanging? You know, not it's on the low end of adult uh, humor, but that's not a joke you usually hear in a Bambi film. You know, 
because uh, the girl was hanging in the tree. And she's like, oh, I haven't heard yeah. that before. Uh, but anyway, we got it for sake of time. We're at an hour and a half. We've got to talk about finale right now. We cannot not talk about it. Uh, it starts with a slow race to the grave. Um, Norman faces the witch girl alone. The witch storm is coming out of the hanging tree, which I liked. Um, I love that the tree was also where her and her mom used to talk to each other. Just I- irony. You know, I like it wherever I find it. Yeah. And uh, my other car is a is a broom, by the way. Uh, that was awesome. That down. Uh, I like the Indiana Jones spikes coming out of the ground. Indiana Jones didn't have to deal with spikes like that, though, boy. <laughs> I always yeah. see those moments, and I'm like, choreo- chor- choreography? How do you say that? Choreography? choreography. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I would have been killed so many times. <laughs> it's like, what was that video game in the in the 80s, Dragon's Lair, where you oh, had to memorize yes. all the moves? Oh, and, and the flashing that. yellow thing would happen moments before, and you'd never catch yeah. it. Oh, yeah, I would just die. Um but she's also turns into yellow vengeful, vengeful quadruplets for no apparent mm-hmm. reason, which is cool. <laughs> it looks good. The visuals on that whole scene were amazing. And I don't know how much of it was computer enhanced. I'm sure all the lights and, you know, the, the, the lightning and stuff. But I would have loved to have seen some still shots of people working on that because there was so much going on. You know, the ground huh. breaks apart. There's floating little islands and stuff. All that stuff. Yeah, um, that's cool. But he did say the longer it stayed... Um, the less there was of the little girl because he tells her a story and and that is good because he was supposed to tell her a story before to put her to bed. This time he tells her a story to to uh, help her find peace. Yeah. And he and he tells her his own story in a, in most ways. Like yes. it mirrors that. So this is another one of those the bad guy and the good guy are mirror images of each mm-hmm. other. Um, and, you know, and, and so and so, you know, we do he does talk to her. And he tries to convince her in the beginning, you know, of the fight or whatever, you know, he tells her the story and tries to deal with all this stuff. And then she explodes and then we end up somewhere else. And then they have another talk and it's just like, yeah, that's another thing where it's like, wait, well, so he's not to, dead. They're having to he's deal with dead. all the themes. Why is he not dead? They're having to yeah. deal. Now they have to get over him. You know, he's talking. Okay. So there's theme one yeah. to take care of. Second, um, vengeance and fear and then bullying. So, I mean, they literally even talked through every one of them. I, I wrote down that she, they, they said, and it was pretty genius. I, I love little genius moments. She wanted everyone to see how rotten they were. I think she said it a little differently, but she wanted to see the, the people to see how, the, how rotten they were, the, the, the zombies to yeah. uh, see how rotten they were to her. Um, and then you're just like them. You're a bully. So there's the bully theme coming mm. back there. Uh, don't think about who's hurt you. Remember who loved you, um, which is great. But where does that in the theme? But Agatha, yeah. Agatha remembers her mother. Usually the solution there, we usually see synergy, you know, coming at this, but we don't see any of that. There's no connection with a mom that we can pull from, from earlier in the movie. His mom looks like she got hit in the side of the head with a frying pan. Yeah. And, and well, you know, cause you know, in cartoons, when they get hit in the frying pan, your face shape, ends up in the frying pan. I think she just got stuck there. So. I feel like out of all the characters though, he did have the closest thing to an emotional connection with his mom. Yeah, they had that moment. But uh they should have picked they should have picked one. Was it grandma? Yeah. Was it mom? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't him and dad have had something? I think so. Right. Yeah. I well in in James, some of the stuff that you were saying, like I made some notes because one thing that I haven't really brought up before because I, I was kind of 
wondering, okay, is this just the author in me and, 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 you know, the books that is talking or is, does this work in movies? And, and I, I've gone back and looked through and it has, and I haven't really brought it up, but it's really prominent in this. And, and, you know, I won't go back through the other movies, but it's really prominent in Lord of the Rings. Um, but a lot of times the, the, um, the protagonist and antagonist are essentially after the same thing. They want the same thing. And what, what separates them is how they're going about it. So in this movie, like you have already said, you know, she wants the people to stop being so, uh, I can't remember your exact words, but she wants the people to stop being so mean to realize how, what they were doing. So for me, the same thing that, that both Norman and Agatha want is for the townspeople to stop ostracizing people for being different and how they both or how they go about achieving it is what sets them apart. Agatha lashes out while Norman tries to talk things through like grandma said. Mm. So that was kind of a redeeming thing for me. Yeah, but how do you make the bad guy do what everybody else? She, she, we flipped the script. Okay. She's not the bad guy. Now she's a good guy. She's a misunderstood bad guy. It was the zombies that were bad guys and they flipped the script. Now they're good guys. Yeah. Um, no, and, and I agree with you. And again, I think that there are problems galore throughout all this stuff, but I'm just saying as far as what really connects the protagonist and antagonist mm-hmm. is the fact that they are both going after the same thing. Um, and, and, and that whole idea of wanting the townspeople to stop ostracizing people for being different, it, it, it has hints of all the different themes that we've talked about. But again, that's not what it's supposed to do. Right. You can't just, you can't just, partially deal with all of them so again it, if he had been the one that stepped forward at the at the at the city hall um we'd have had a much better point here sure because sure. we would have seen how he responded yeah um the only thing i saw him respond to was an anger and i and i heard him talk about wanting to make people suffer so they're you know what they should have done is is seen how he responded through talking through because she did not do what was right she was wrong um, and, and I wanted her, I, maybe I'm a little simplistic. Maybe, maybe it's just a little bit too much. Maybe he was trying too hard, but, um, I wanted her to either be good or bad. Um, and she was, she was both. Yeah. The, you couldn't say, okay, the zombies were horribly, they were bad. They were bad. What they did was wrong. Um, but what she did was even in, could be, I'd argue more wrong. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. But uh, he does make, uh, he says this at the very end, and it's the strongest thing, the most emotional response from me. So therefore, I, I think it's the ultimate theme was sometimes when people get scared, they say and do terrible things. I think you got so scared, you forgot who you are. So it combines those two separate things. One grandma said, one mom said, yeah. and, and uh, it proves that he was, he was just a little spread, spread a little thin there. Yeah. Um, uh, there are bad people. But there's always someone out there for you. Um, she lets go of her vengeance. She remembers who she was, who loved her, and she's able to rest, which I didn't get at first. I thought she was just falling asleep. I didn't get that. You know, they should have done this spinning on her face thing like they did with Norman. And Norman goes away, and it's his, her mom, you know, or something. And, and, and mom says some things that grandma would have said, and you know, because they're all family anyway. It, it just so there could have been even more. There could have been a lot more soul in this yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. For, for a movie about ghosts, there's a lot. There's not a lot of soul. Uh oh. 
No, that was just a horrible. I'm hearing echoes speaking of weird stuff. Speaking of ghosts, yeah, I heard weird <laughs> stuff too. Holder guys, uh, final image. Uh, they're watching a, mo- a zombie movie with Grandma, just like before. Dad is accepts who Norman is, um, uses him to talk to Mom, and the whole family comes in together, sits down, and then a uh, little, little stinger at the end there, where Dad and Mom say the same thing, or Grandma and Dad say the same thing. You know. Yeah. So that's it. Any uh, final words or thoughts, uh, Paul? Uh, no, I mean, I, I thought that the mirror image at the end was was really well done. You know, even though dad still, I don't feel like dad believes that mom is necessarily there. He's trying to be sympathetic and, and understanding with his son. And so I thought that was cool that there wasn't like a hard resolution on that. But, you know, I, so I thought I thought they did a good job with with that uh, ending image or the final image, uh, especially as compared to uh, the opening image. Good deal. John, any thoughts on anything? The clo- clo- closing <laughs> yeah, thoughts, closing remarks. Yeah, I, I have a few, but you know, uh, ultimately it's just, uh, it was, it was a good show and um, I enjoyed it. And it's okay. good commentary for everything. So, all right, Christian, um, just to solidify how right I was that his Norman's flaw was his apathy. In the very end, you can see all the change he's gone through because of how much action is required of him to get this message across to the girl. Uh, he's running through the woods and he gets closed off from his family. And then uh, those the spikes from the trees, he's got to dodge all those. And then the ground cracks open and he has to take like literal leaps of faith to the next thing. And I think just from the beginning, he was kind of so zombie-like and just sort of trudging through everything because he didn't care. Um, and then in the end, it's like requiring all this action and movement and emotion from him. And so okay. it's interesting. I just, just want to say that I'm right. And um, <laughs> I would just I would just argue that he's not apathetic. Apathetic means he doesn't care. I think he cares. I see I see him wearing care on his face and the way he's walking down the street and his shoulders sag and you know the fact that he tries to do his hair um, and the fact that he wipes freak off. He, he not only wipes it off, he has Windex because he does this regularly, uh, wiping it off of his locker. Um, but it's so like just ho hum. He's like he's so accepted. He's not like ah oh, those kids again. He's just like well. I'm not arguing that. I, you know. I'm saying I think it's due to the people. I think it's the folks on him. They don't accept him. They don't understand him. They don't listen to him. But anyway, well, abs- absolutely, yeah. He's apathetic because he's, he's given up, <laughs> not because he's born that way. If he's apathetic, he wouldn't care. <laughs> and the podcast. Oh, I'm right. <laughs> All right, Paul. What are we? What are we? Uh, it's October. We're doing uh, spooky movies, so to speak. So what's uh, what's our next movie? Let's. You know what? My email is broken. I've been okay. scrambling to get it for ten minutes. That's all right. I have it here just in case. Uh, we're going to be doing World War Z with Brad Pitt. Um, not not on the show with us. He, he's in the movie, and it's on Netflix. But in the meantime, I want you to go to our website, uh, comment on this episode, and find out how. You can get involved a little bit more and find out about Save the Cat at moviebeatdown.com. You can email your comments and suggestions to moviebeatdown at gmail.com. Our Twitter is moviebeatdown. <laughs> and uh, that's it. So, John, Pauly, uh, Christian, thanks so much. Yep. And uh, we'll see you guys next time right here on Movie Beatdown. Yeah. yeah. Christian, I'm inclined to uh, lean towards you with the apathy thing. Thank you. Visit NLCast.com for other great NLCast network shows.
most people don't look at it the way we do either. They're not picking this thing apart. They just watch it and they're like, oh, I don't like that because he's gay. You know? Yeah. Or, that made me so mad. I, I looked into some of the stuff people were saying online and I was just like, oh my gosh. See, yeah. and, and I didn't. I actually, because when Shereen and I watched it, yeah, well, so, okay, so her and I did watch it like maybe a year or two ago. And she kind of made mention because I was like, okay, I'm not going to say a word because I want to see if I'm just insane. She caught that at the end and she was kind of like, huh, I wonder if they were kind of talking about like witches and trying to equate that to, you know, the way some of our gay friends are treated and on and on. And, you know, and so I, uh, I don't know. I, and I'm tainted I, by the interview that I read. Let's see. Uh, Chris Butler said that the character was explicitly connected with the film's message. Okay. Wow. I didn't read that part. If we're, if we're, saying to anyone that watches this movie, don't judge other people, then we've got to have the strength of our convictions. Okay. And so the whole point was don't judge other people. Then maybe we were wrong on the theme and he never even did the theme. Maybe he never even stated it because judging was definitely there. There was a a whole judge for the love of God. Let's just record it again. I know. (laughs) Start over. Well, but, but, but but again, like you said, James, there's nothing about that up front. And that's why I was saying like at the end when I was kind of connecting, like they both have the same want, um, you know, it's that they, the townspeople to stop ostracizing people for being different. And I'm like, and that's why I felt like that is what they're going for. But there, that is supposed to cover, that's supposed to be like a blanket that hits on all of the other themes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, cause I, I, I think that you're right. Like with the judges and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, now that I've heard you say what, you know, what he said about uh, the movie and all that, it makes me feel a lot less like I was reading too much into it, but still it's like, okay, but like you said, that's not established up front to where we're supposed to that for that yeah, to be the takeaway. You're not going to get it. If they didn't do that one little gag at the end, you would never walk away applying that to that, demographic mm-hmm. and that's right. where he failed is what i'm saying yeah. if that's what he was trying to do he didn't do it well enough if you're gonna yeah. moralize and, freaking moralize and, but yeah and, and again if you go back and watch it which i don't know that anybody's gonna do that after we just <laughs> tore it apart but you know like i said there are a number of things where like the language just so mirrors um the kind of stuff that you hear like in you know right just coming after out school specials and, stuff, and, yeah. and whatever and all that kind of stuff and i don't know it just it, here's the really crappy part for me is whenever i started talking about that during um the theme stated i was i was kind of like i was nervous because it's i'm sitting here going great so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about how i feel like this is kind of the subtext and this is almost why like the story was crafted and, and uh, the whole point to it and all this kind of stuff. And I was just kind of going, is there any way for me not to sound like, like, yeah, I don't like it because of that. And and I honestly, like I purposely didn't say this, but I mean, there was part of me, like I was telling Sheree about this. I'm like, I'm not going to say this, but it's like, if people knew that I'm a bartender at a gay bar, you know, maybe they would have a different <laughs> idea of, you know, how I view this. Cause I was honestly just saying like, I think it's poor storytelling. It's too preachy. It's too sermonizing, moralizing, all that stuff. Like that's my issue. It's not the gay thing. I mean, it's, Wait, are you, you know, a bartender got, at a gay bar? Yeah, I do that uh, part time to make some money or whatever, and awesome. so 